When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford. He is my trusted colleague, Weston Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. West preseason game number two is in the books for the Packers. Let's uh, let's get right into it. What were your impressions? What did you like best as far as what you saw from the Packers against the New Orleans Saints on Friday night at Lambeau Field? Jordan Love attacking downfield was the number one thing I wanted to see. And it actually goes back to what has been this reoccurring storyline, learning more about Jordan Love, the quarterback. Mistakes are going to happen. You're not going to have every throw where you want it to be, but taking chances and I thought you heard Matt LaFleur discuss that a lot this week. And, you know, being able to see this young man stand tall in the pocket, create off-schedule plays, deliver the ball with accuracy, power, downfield to his receivers. And, and his receivers at times didn't catch him. That, that was one part of this thing. Yeah, and LaFleur pointed that out after the game, too. He said, boy, you know, if, if, uh, if some of those passes are caught and they, they were certainly multiple catchable ones that were not, uh, we're talking about a completely different statistical line for Jordan Love in this yeah. game. And he, uh, since day one, Mike, I've said it, he's had the right temperament for the position. He's a guy that's naturally confident, and he's unshakable in the pocket. You don't see him forsaking his footwork because he's nervous about the pressure that might be coming. He's going to go out there and deliver the football, but it's just about making sure that everything is synced up. And Aaron Rodgers has discussed, he feels like Tom Clemens coming in has had a big, you know, a lot to do with that. And also, just a young man maturing. That, that stat gets thrown out there a couple times now. When you look at these young quarterbacks coming into the league this year, Jordan Love's in the same peer group as all of them. You know, He came into this league as a young quarterback, and now he's had two years under his belt. There's still things to iron out. He's not a finished product by any means. But if you're looking for a guy that's taking gradual steps from 2020 to 21 to 22, as LaFleur said, it's light, he is light years ahead of where he was 365 days ago. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's no doubt about that. And what I really liked in terms of the, the overall picture of things and what I think really helped Jordan Love in this game is I thought the Packers got something going on the ground. I thought their I thought the running game. No, it wasn't. It wasn't perfect. There were still some plays that uh, you know runs get stuffed at the line of scrimmage. But I saw more holes being opened. It felt like it felt like when some of those five yard, nine yard yep. runs were being churned out by you know Patrick Taylor, Tyler Goodson. 
that Jordan Love was able to to really stay settled down, stay into a rhythm, stay in command of everything. And I don't know what you think. Well, I mean, you look back to 2019, Matt LaFleur first got here, and the Packers really couldn't do much with regard to the outside zone running and, and sort of shifted everything to become an inside zone running team with Aaron Jones, right? What, I, what I've seen, you know, the joint practices with the Saints, then the preseason game, and even a little bit in practice this week, I think this outside zone is maybe looking better than it ever has under yeah. LaFleur now that we're into this, this fourth year. And who knows, maybe it'll show up in the games, maybe it won't. You know, maybe with with Dylan and Jones, it's still going to be more inside zone than outside zone. But I've seen some encouraging signs with that, and I think that started to show up against an opponent uh, in the Saints on Friday night. It was so interesting, too, because I think for so long, it was almost like the Packers were trying to find themselves with it, that you wanted to go back to maybe the safety blanket of running, you you know, between the tackles and everything and staying there. And that still can be really valuable, especially with a back like A.J. Dillon. But the more the idea with the outside zone is you're able to stretch teams more, get them thinking more, play sideline to sideline, and look for opportunities, look for holes in that, that defensive front to execute on. I've always felt like Aaron Jones, whatever way you want to run him, I can have the greatest philosophy, I can have the worst philosophy in terms of running football. I think Aaron Jones is going to get you yards. We've seen that throughout the course of his career. He's a big play waiting to happen. Yeah. A.J. Dillon is really the one, I think, where the Packers are finding out more, not only about Dillon, but about how he can fit into this offense, whether it is the inside zone, outside zone, whether it is you know getting him out in space and throwing the ball to him. Uh, those are all things that I've, I've really believed are the, the principles are there, and now they're bringing in offensive linemen that are really learning in this scheme rather than trying to make a transition within it. So... Uh, but for Tyler Goodson, looking at him specifically, I thought this game um, this past week against New Orleans, that was one of his best showings because you were able to see more about how the, uh, a running back, especially when they're decisive, they have a good one-cut ability, they can execute and make plays happen at the second level. His 15-yard run that got him down to the four-yard line that set up the Romeo Dobbs touchdown, that's about as pretty as a play as you're going to see in preseason football. Yeah. It's not easy, Mike, to run the ball in the preseason. That, w- that, was, a, that was a classic backside cutback lane yes. that the outside zone play is designed to create. It was there. He hit it. And, uh, and as you said, 15 yards, and, it, and it's, a matter of, it's a matter of the timing, the vision. You see it at the right time, and instead of just a four- or five-yard gain on a garden-variety outside zone, you see the cutback lane, and suddenly it's an explosive run. Absolutely. So those are all things that are going to be very interesting to watch develop, and, and certainly we, we don't know when David Bakhtiari is going to be back. You don't know when Elton Jenkins is going to get back, but for as much as people talked about this offensive line and the uncertainties there, and certainly – They need to figure out who those guards are going to be in this whole equation. But the fact of the matter is the Packers have the type of offensive lineman to to run that type of offense if that's where they want to go. And and I really do believe, as you and I have said so many times during this training camp, a lot of good options at the receiver, a lot of potential. But the proven commodity right now is this running game. And when you're talking about best 11, getting them on the field, it starts with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Yeah, and one other thought on the offense before uh, before we shift gears to the defense from Friday night. It's a really interesting battle-slash-decision uh, that's going on here as far as the number three running back. When you look at what Tyler Goodson has done, you look at Patrick Taylor, his 
body type, his experience in this in this offense, having played in some regular season games, really good pass protector. Dexter Williams coming back, um, obviously plenty familiar with the offense and all that. I think it's going to be very difficult numbers-wise for the Packers to keep four running backs on the 53-man roster. So um, they will have some others, at least one or two others, I think, on the practice squad. But the decision as far as which one gets the number three job and is on the 53, I think it's a, it's a really tough call. If you're looking at, say, specifically Goodson and Taylor, they've both, they've both been productive. They've both shown what they can do. I think partly what makes it a difficult decision is they're two completely different style yes. of backs, right? It's, in some ways, you're not able to compare just apples to apples because Goodson is sort of the speedier, shiftier guy, and Taylor is more of the the upright power back, right? So um, it's it's going to be an interesting decision, and and certainly Thursday night in Kansas City is uh, is going to factor into this as well. So this is year. 10 year 11 with me now uh covering the packers and year 12 going back to training camps in terms of not only just the running back position i don't ever remember the stakes being this high going into a preseason finale you mentioned the backfield you look at tight end you look at offensive line defensive line safety cornerback so many of these positions mike i i wrote about in our insider inbox column the decisions are not going to be easy here for brian gutekunst and his scouts i mean because it's not just about the fact that, okay, who's the best prospect or who's the best player? These guys offer different skill sets, different strengths, different weaknesses, different things that you're going to be able to potentially do with them on special teams. And that's really when you get back to this running back equation, you have to factor that in as well. Patrick Taylor has been a pretty good staple with a lot of Green Bay special teams. Tyler Goodson has been the number three kickoff returner in camp. Where do you want these guys to fit, and how will they be part of this program? You have a practice squad now that's 16 players where guys can be brought up up to three times now as elevations. These are all things that have to be swirling around in your mind a little bit. And also, getting back to just the pure basics of the running back position, I've said it since the beginning. Patrick Taylor is your quintessential Green Bay Packers running back. That's the way they've typically had backs here in Green Bay. Maybe not with Matt LaFleur, but in terms of the Ted Thompson, Brian Gutekunst, he is a big back. He's a guy that can stand up to pass pressure. He's going to be able to offer you a lot of different avenues to to move a football. Tyler Goodson has been incredibly explosive. Oh, and then you have Dexter Williams returning to the equation. And Dexter, going back to the short shuttle and the things he did at the Combine, he checks all the boxes for what the Packers like in their running backs. Yeah, he's a good athlete. There's been a lot of years, Mike, where the Packers have had some backs, and you're watching them out there, and you're like, okay, well, they got to get through the third and fourth quarter here. This is going to be the guy, and we know what will probably happen on Saturday. All three of those guys, I could see any of them being the number three back. That's really how tight that competition is. Yeah, I think so too. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally 
safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. On the defensive side, I'll say this, Wes. What stood out to me in this game, we know that Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker are, you know, one and two in terms of the inside linebackers. And we talked about, you know, two guys, six foot four, you know, Aaron Rodgers used the term rangy in terms of uh, having guys like that um, in the middle of a defense and what that can mean. But I tell you what, Chris Barnes, Isaiah McDuffie, Ray Wilborn. Yeah. These other, these other guys at inside linebacker are really showing up in these preseason games and really, really playing some good football. I've been impressed with that position specifically in terms of its depth, maybe, maybe more so than any other position on the defensive side of the ball right now. Because it's also a position where the Packers haven't historically had great depth. Right. And I think in a lot of different variations and metaverses and, and you know, drafts that you could do Packers very easily could have went into the season as Chris Barnes as this number two inside linebacker and I don't think a lot of people would have batted an eye no tackling machine right but then you have Quay Walker fall to them and they feel like that's a good value at that pick and he gets brought in you have two six foot four speedy linebackers now in the middle of this defense but Chris Barnes you look at how he's played in these preseason games Mike I mean that's a guy on a mission I mean some of the the sideline tackles he made against the Saints they get your attention. He knows how to call the defense if it's asked of that of him as well. And Isaiah McDuffie has taken about as big of a year one to year two jump right now as anybody on the roster. This is a guy that had a hard time even getting active in games last season. And now suddenly he's on all this basic special core unit, special teams core units, in addition to the fact he's their leading tackler in the preseason. Ray Wilburn's a guy that's been around for two years now. The Packers have put a lot of time and effort into him, and we haven't even mentioned Ty Summers in that equation too. This, this competition, not only, you know, we'll look so much about defense, but realistically what these guys could potentially do for Rich Bisacci on special teams, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, th- th- again, it's going to be a 60-minute competition on Thursday night to show what you can offer because – there's been so many of these young men who have really stepped up. You haven't seen a lot of missed tackles from the inside backer position in these preseason games. Guys know and understand the sense of urgency that goes along with this because it's not just about the, the spot and the job. It's about how you can potentially help this team throughout the course of a season. Yeah, well, the other spot I want to talk about with regard to the defensive side of the ball is the safety position. Um, Darnell Savage has been out since family night when he tweaked his hamstring. Vernon Scott had been filling in with the number one defense paired with Adrian Amos. We've seen that in practice. Well, Vernon Scott injured his shoulder Friday night against the New Orleans Saints, So, and there had been some other safeties out with injuries as well. Now, this week we've seen Innes Gaines and Tariq Carpenter, the seventh-round draft pick rookie this year. Those guys are now back in practice. Presumably they'll be able to play in, the, in this preseason finale, show a little bit of what they can do. But a guy brought in, 
I think less than two weeks ago, if, uh, if my math is right, because of these injuries at safety, Micah Abernathy, talk about a guy who shows up suddenly sort of out of nowhere in yep. a sense. I mean, there's no way he has a decent chunk of the playbook down in the very short time that he's been here. But an interception against Saints quarterback Ian Book in the game, I think he also had a tackle for loss um, in there as well. You talk about a young man getting an opportunity, jumping on the scene and sort of like raising his hand and saying, hi, here I am. I mean, Micah Abernathy is a, is a guy who's going to make uh, the personnel department think a little bit if he can follow it up yeah. Thursday night <clears throat> in Kansas City with another performance like he had at Lambeau. This is, there's so many different things to like about the Abernathy situation. One, having the USFL, that avenue to give players some exposure that maybe, because Abernathy had been in the league. I think he came in the league in 2019. Yeah. You know, kind of went through the process, ended up falling out. I think he was in Minnesota for a time and ends up finding his way to the USFL. And he said, you know, had a decent, solid season there. You know, multiple games, you know, started the season, 70-some tackles, few interceptions. But the season ends and you're kind of just sitting there waiting like, hey, did anybody notice me? Did anybody (laughs) see what I did here? And he gets that call. And in so many ways, Mike, it reminded me of what Chris Banjo did in 2013 where this young guy – comes in understanding I don't have any room for error. I need to maximize every single time I'm on the field. And a few different things, unfortunately, end up going his way on the injury front that he's put in a position to make some plays. And talking with him after the game and him mentioning that, yeah, that was something that Jerry Gray this past week had talked to him about because there was a play very similar to that in practice where he wasn't in the right position and didn't make the play that could have potentially been there for a turnover. In this specific thing, the guy crashes like lightning down the sideline. <laughs> and as he said, he's like, I didn't know if I got in or not, but I was sure going to act like it, you know, just to make sure. And he, and he did. But like, those are the type of plays you have to make as a young safety trying to make this roster, especially this late in the process. Sean Davis was on the practice squad last year, originally a draft pick out of, I believe, Indianapolis. Ennis Gaines comes back. Tariq Carpenter's the seventh round pick. Again, a number of guys here that are trying to get those numbers two and or three and four spots in the safety depth chart. And it's a wide open competition going into the final turn. Yeah. Davis is the guy who now has stepped up to fill in for Vernon Scott with Vernon Scott being injured. And we saw Davis have a fumble recovery. We've seen him make some plays in practice. So that that's another guy who's uh, who's right in the mix here as well. Um, I'll take care of some sponsor business here, Wes, before we move on. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl, Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. All right, well, the big piece of news that we need to talk about that occurred since our last show was the return of David Bakhtiari from the PUP list. He is back in practice doing only individual drills at this point. Same with Elton Jenkins and Bobby Tunyon, who came back off of PUP the week prior. We haven't seen any of those guys in 11 on 11 yet, but Bakhtiari is back. He's working his way back. Christian Watson has jumped into 11-on-11 now. We'll see what that means with regard to whether he gets some preseason action Thursday night in Kansas City. Um, But uh, once again, a couple of big names 
the health equation is starting to turn a little bit more in the right direction. For it the is. Packers. And for David Bakhtiari, I mean, what a you know sigh of relief, I think, for a lot of folks. And I have to imagine, you know, King among them being Bakhtiari and being able to actually put the pads on again, get out there. And you hope he can do it in a, you know, a pain-free type matter. <clears throat> Excuse me. You hope he can do it in a pain-free type matter because, you know, he's put so much work into this recovery. Yeah. And to have to go through three procedures uh, to, to, to get back out there. And you can just hear him when he was talking to the media this week how much this means to him um, and how much he wants to prove he's still the same five-time All-Pro tackle, that he can be that guy once again. And I'll be honest with you, Mike, one of my big takeaways from practice was just how active he was with the young tackles. You know, he's sitting there working with Yash Nyman, who's been the, you know, kind of the replacement here the last year. And then also Caleb Jones, who's been a really promising, monstrous uh, undrafted rookie out of Indiana. You know, and he's going through the reps with, with Luke Buckus, but he's also talking those guys through them too. Yeah. And over on the other side, with the right, the right side of the offensive line, y- you had Elton Jenkins doing that as well. You need your leaders, and I think there is a tangible difference when those leaders are out on the field. You saw it when it was Josh Sitton and TJ Lang. You saw it when it was Mark Tauscher and, and Chad Clifton. You need somebody to be able to hold up that flag and tell everybody, this is the way. And as good as Bakhtiari is, one of the best in the NFL, one of the best tackles the Packers have ever produced, it's also the leadership aspect that I think so often gets forgotten, and a confidence and a swagger when he's on the field. Now, we're going to have to see what this all means. If week one's a possibility, as Matt LaFleur said, he's not getting into the expectations. With no expectations comes no limitations. They want to be able to get this guy healthy and get him healthy for the long run. But my goodness, does it look good to see number 69 and 74 back out on the field? Yeah, and what you talked about with regard to those two guys as leaders and the way they work with those other those young linemen on the practice field, you know that's, that's just a carryover from what's going on in the meeting room behind the scenes when they're studying film and whatnot. But... There is another element to it when it is that type of interaction, that type of uh, advice, instruction, whatever you want to call it, that is that is out on the field and not just in the meeting room. And the fact that Jenkins and Bakhtiari are, bo- are both out there now, as you said, we'll see what happens with regard to week one. It's certainly on the table for yeah. both of those guys and for Robert Tunyon as well. Nobody's making any promises at this point. It really is a day-to-day thing with these guys coming off of the ACLs and certainly with Bakhtiari having the multiple follow-up procedures and everything that he's had to go through to get back to this point again. I mean, this is probably the the third time in a sense over the course of the last couple of years that he's returned to practice and, yeah. and and gotten back out there. So it's 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 been it's been this, you know, stop and start thing with Bakhtiari, but he's hoping as he told the media Hopefully it's no more back and forth, that now it's just at whatever pace it's going to be, yep. but it's going to be forward. Moving forward. And just to quickly touch on Christian Watson, I mean, my goodness, could the kid not have been more impressive out of the gates? I mean, now, again, it's going to be a process, just like Romeo Dobbs. He's going to have to get everything down. But to finish practice uh, on Monday, I'm so messed up on my days, on Monday. Yeah, it's, with it's the training camp's winding down. We're, we'll the, get it figured out. The two-minute drill, and the Packers are needing to get the ball down to put, you know, to set up a game-winning field goal opportunity. And he comes free off the side. And his leaping ability, man, the vertical has shown up every single time we've seen him on the field. Yeah. I mean, his catch radius is incredible. And uh, I, I know, I think it was Rico Gafford or one of the DBs wasn't happy. He was looking for a flag on a push-off. It didn't come, 
And the offense, just the, the way it was rejuvenated there when, when Watson made that, because they had taken some lumps in that practice. But to finish it that strong and to Watson to show up where he has, Aaron Rodgers mentioned it as locker too. This kid has been making some plays. and That was a that nice sideline ball from Jordan Love Absolutely. in that two-minute yep. drill as well that uh, gave Watson the chance to go up and, and, and make that play. And it was, uh, it was a heck of a play. And, yeah, on a day that the, the defense kind of had its way, for the most part, against the offense. The offense in both the two-minute drills, Rodgers with the ones, Love with the twos, they made the plays and, and got it done in those crunch time moments. And it's amazing. It's six foot five, four three eight speed or whatever it is. That can be a real problem when you get into a secondary. Yeah. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Well, I'll just throw one other question your way before we go here. The This will be our only show of the week with our travel schedule, the game on Thursday. Um, we're going to have to take a little bit of a break here and then roster cuts coming up and, and all of that. So uh, we're going to take a, a mini hiatus and, uh, and be back. Mini-buy. <laughs> yeah, a mini buy with Unscripted. for, uh, And we'll certainly be back when, uh, when the 53-man roster and, and practice squad have been established. But uh, just want to ask you, we talked about a couple of things already with regard to Thursday night in Kansas City. Anything else that you are keeping your eye on here in the preseason finale Thursday night? Two things, uh, special teams and Jack Coco. Uh, special teams, as I talked about earlier, I mean, now Matt LaFleur said they have a pretty good idea who their core guys are going to be. But without Dallin Lovett and, and with some of these injuries that they've had, it's created opportunities for other guys to get noticed. And, and seeing who could potentially be that James Crawford type that maybe the average fan doesn't think is going to make the team or doesn't even know who they are uh, that sneaks their way onto this roster, that's going to be very interesting to watch. And I can't think of anybody with higher stakes in this game than Jack Coco. Because I really do believe, probably with one strong performance here, it may be enough to, to get him the long snapper job. And if he can actually do that, uh, a guy that, again, was the backup long snapper on punts at Georgia Tech and was the short snapper for three seasons before just concentrating on tight end his last year, if the Packers and the scouting department and the special team staff identified this young man and can actually make him a viable week one long snapper, uh, one, that's an incredible testament to Coco and the work he put in this offseason. But two, I mean, I can't think of more unparalleled developments uh, for a guy as a rookie that could potentially be put in that spot. And he's been consistent. And that was one thing they've been looking for. I wouldn't say the, the snaps are the fastest you've ever seen, but they've been mostly where they've needed to be. And that's been a big issue for the Packers the last few seasons. Yeah, um, Dallin Levitt was another 
injured safety that I forgot yes. to, I neglected to mention him when I was going through the, uh, the safety position before. Um, so uh, um, I apologize for that, but I'm totally with you with regard to special teams. I've said from the beginning, I've said it all through training camp. I've looked, I, I, I've been looking at these three preseason games as guys trying to state their case to Rich Bisaccia that I can get the job done. You can trust me. I can be one of your guys, right? This, this is the last opportunity for a lot of these guys who are, who are on the bubble, on the fence, to whether it's returning the ball, whether it's throwing a block on a return, whether it's going down and making a coverage tackle, whatever the case might be. This is, this is your last chance to state your case to Rich Bisacci that I can be one of your guys. And, and that's something that, that not that I want to see the Packers have to punt the ball eight times no. on you know, Thursday night in Kansas City because you want to see the too. offense be able to score, you know, put together drives and score points. But when the special teams are on the field, this is going to be something to watch here because this really is the final audition it, for, for what's going to be those last few roster spots. And we had so many Nuklalushas out there in Packers fandom last week and kind of freaking out about special teams. And it's like, folks, I get last year was not good, but you got to see what Rich Bisacci is doing out there. Somebody was, you know, these people commenting about they, they broke a big return or whatever. The Packers had, out of their 11 guys on the coverage, I think maybe two guys that were the ones that we've seen with the ones. I mean... He's literally trying everybody yeah, to give it's them been, the look. It has been a wide-open audition, which is exactly the way I thought he was going yeah. to approach training camp in the preseason. He's trying to find his guys and the guys he can count on. And then when he gets that collection of guys, then it's like, all right, now let's go. And I promise you, Packer fans, you don't even know what you saw. That's the only time you're going to see three outside linebackers on a kickoff coverage unit. It just doesn't happen that way typically. But – you know, from whether it's Kingsley Enigbari or, or Kobe Jones, he wants to see everybody yep. because that's the only way you know whether or not they can do it if they end up making their way on the 53. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with that, we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the rest of training camp. We'll have everything for you from Thursday night's preseason finale in Kansas City. And then as the roster decisions are made early next week, the 53, the practice squad, all that, We'll have it all for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I am Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.